0: I'd stress high-yielding dividend payers are not always taking risk off the table. Sometimes the really high dividend yields are indicative of risk.
1: Welcome to Views from the Desk, a special edition of the BMO ETFs podcast. In these timely episodes, we provide the latest investment news and expert commentary on the markets, the economy, and investing. Brought to you by BMO Global Asset Management. Earlier this week, the Fed left its policy rate unchanged for the first time in over a year, as expected. On today's episode, Portfolio Managers Winnie Jiang, Chris Heeks, and your host, Mackenzie Box, analyze where the meeting took a twist. They also discuss hedging strategies, quality dividend payers, the tax efficiency of discount bonds, and international markets. Before we hear from the team, please consider subscribing to Views from the Desk on your preferred podcast platform, and for many more ETF insights and resources, visit BimoETFs.com.
2: Hello, and welcome back to our BMO ETFs Weekly Insights Podcast with our team of experts. Thank you to everyone for joining us today and for continuing to tune in and provide your comments and questions. I'm today's host, Mackenzie Box, in product at BMO Global Asset Management. Today, I am joined with Winnie Zhang and Chris Heeks, who are both portfolio managers on our ETF desk. Thanks, Mackenzie. Good to be here. All right, well, let's dive in. It's been an exciting week. Winnie, we'll start with you. With the Fed's rate decision yesterday, can you walk us through what happened? what is expected by the market and what you see going forward and how investors should position their portfolios in this current rate environment.
3: Thank you, Mackenzie. Sure, I can take that one. So yeah, the big news yesterday wasn't really that the Fed decided to hold the benchmark rate unchanged at the current target range of 5% to 5.25% because that was pretty much what people expected going into the meeting. What surprised people the most was the Fed's stop loss signaled another two hikes um, of 25 basis points each, so totaling 50 basis points before the end of 2023. So that means the June pause looks to be a brief one as the market is now pricing in a 62% chance of a uh, 25 basis point hike in the July's uh, FOMC meeting. So that was more hawkish than most economists and uh, investors have been expecting, as lots of Wall Street thought there would be a signal for just one more hike at some point uh, this year, especially considering the uh, 500 basis point rate hike that's already been done this cycle. And the liquidity drain driven by the central bank's replenishment for the the, uh, Treasury general accounts in the near term which should have a further tightening effect on the financial condition. Uh, That's equivalent to another 25 basis point rate hike. But in reality, honestly, the U.S. economy has proved more resilient than what policymakers uh, previously estimated. We saw the GDP growth that came in above consensus in the month of May, and the labor market remains quite sturdy. Although the May CPI number did come a little bit you know, cooler than uh, people expected, uh, but still is sitting well above the Fed's target of 2%. And those very strong uh, uh, retail sales numbers that just came out this morning further reinforces the uh, Fed's hawk- uh, hawkishness yesterday. So while uh, the Feds forecast a better GDP growth and unemployment rate outlook than what they did back in March, uh, the central bankers still see rate cuts to happen at some point next year, uh, that's in 2024, with interest rate eventually going back to two and a half percent for the long run. So to the second popular question, in terms of how investors should position their uh, fixed income portfolio in this environment? I recommend investors to use a barbell strategy. I think right now we'll continue to see an inverted yield curve and that's unlikely to change anytime soon. So by overweighing in the short duration credit is prudent for investors who wants to take advantage of the high yields, uh, higher yields in the short end of the curve. And if you're looking at U.S. bonds, then our BMO short-term U.S. investment-grade corporate bond hedge-to-cat index ETF, ZSU, and our BMO ultra-short-term U.S. bond ETF, ZUS.U, are two excellent complement to your core uh, bond holdings. You would get that uh, lower duration, which means uh, the uh, lower sensitivity to rising interest rate than the longer duration bonds, but still earn those very attractive yield around 5%. And I still believe the Fed will keep interest rate higher for longer, which increases the chance of a recession at some point. You know, and that's when the equity part of your portfolio could pull back meaningfully and central banks will be forced to cut rates. And thus where the other side, the barbell strategy, those long-term bonds come into play and benefit from the rate cuts. And picking from our product shelf, I think the uh, BMO Long-Term U.S. Treasury Bond uh, Index ETF, the ZTL, is a great tool for investors to offset that uh, uh, potential volatility. We currently don't recommend overweighing uh, long-duration bonds uh, in the near term just because, again, we don't think the Fed's going to cut rate anytime soon. Um, and they probably won't do so until you know, more cracks start to show in the economy. But I think ZTL is a great complement to that short-duration corporate exposure. And this combo should offer investors some protection from that market volatility in the next 6 to 12 months.
2: Great. Thanks, Winnie.
1: Not all cash equivalents are created equal, and BMO's money market and ultra-short-term bond ETFs offer several high-quality options to park client cash. To learn more, visit BMOETFs.com and search for tickers ZMMK, ZST, and ZUS.
2: Now, I'm just going to follow up on that. Chris, maybe you can chime in here and give us any comments in terms of the equity markets.
0: Yeah, for sure. Thanks, Mackenzie. So definitely off of the back of the uh, you know a hawkish release by the Fed, equities reacted negatively as they typically do to hawkishness. However, the S and P sold off about a percent, kind of right off the bat. They did recover that value relatively quickly, and the S and P actually finished positive on the day. So, you know, despite the some of the hawkish uh, sentiments and some of the dot plots. Uh, that were higher than expected. Um, equity investors somewhat shook it off. I think part of that was Powell was somewhat reassuring to equity investors, perhaps giving them hope when he said higher dot plots are, that does not necessarily mean a commitment to higher rates. You know, as always, they'll be data dependent. Equity investors did take that as a sign of potential hope. One thing I thought was interesting, we did see in the options market. The last couple of days, and, the, and even after the release yesterday, is an increased focus on hedging. There's a couple of reasons for that. One, volatility has come down, that makes hedges cheaper. Uh, but I think it also speaks to some thoughts in the market about being defensive and you know protecting should uh, markets take on increased volatility. So we've seen some, in, you know, increase in hedging. So you know, despite uh, equity markets really erasing all the losses. I think there is still some uh, trepidation in the market, which is warranted, you know, just given the general tightness of monetary policy. And you're, so we're seeing some hedging activity. And I think that'll, that'll lead, lead us nicely into our next question as well, where we're going to talk a little more about defensive equities.
2: Great. Thanks, Chris. And sticking with you, we're going to shift gears here a bit. Dividend growers tend to provide opportunity versus dividend payers tend to provide higher income. In these markets, what should investors look for and why?
0: Exactly. So, you know, building off that uh, previous comment, one way to take a defensive position relative to broad equities is, is through quality dividend payers. I'd stress, you know, high yielding dividend payers are not always uh, taking risk off the table. Sometimes the really high dividend yields are indicative of risk. Potential dividend cuts, Uh, but quality dividend growers, blue chip companies, that can be a way to address risk in the market. So, you know, when I think about dividends, you know, obviously the theme this year in markets has been on growth. You know, the Nasdaq's up thirty plus percent year to date, but I would say don't forget about dividends and don't forget about defensive equity exposures. So, some of the benefits with dividend ETFs is obviously there is an increase in income that can help buffer volatility. But with the BMO approach, you know the focus is really on quality dividend payers, those kind of quote-unquote blue-chip companies. They tend to have a reduced volatility profile versus broad markets. Um, so as we go through you know, potential ongoing challenges with the markets, they can be well-positioned over the long term to manage both uh, the return side but also the risk. And one thing that you know, becomes more evident again as growth continues to rally is uh, the valuation disconnect, right, of some of those more high-growth investments, uh, whereas the valuations of dividend equities, uh, by and large, are you know at quite attractive levels. I would say, um, you know, BMO Capital Markets had a recent piece they put out where they looked at the difference in uh, the valuations of high dividend payers versus dividend growers. They noted dividend growers are trading at uh, the the, uh, one of the cheapest levels since COVID. So, noting the attractiveness there. Uh, so, you know, a couple of exposures you could consider to get access to a dividend ETF, uh, the BMO Canadian Dividend ETF ZDV has a strong weighting in large blue chip Canadian companies, um, Canadian banks, which we've talked a lot about on this pro- on, on this podcast. You know, as well as energy companies, um, telecoms, and other rails and other mainstays of the Canadian economy. And then, you know, in the U.S. side, again, and, you know, an exposure that can balance out against tech uh, would be our uh, BMO U.S. dividend ETF or ticker ZDY or uh, on a hedged basis, ZUD would be the ticker for the hedged. So a uh, couple of exposures investors can take a look to to uh, position, you know, with with markets where they are.
2: Great. Thanks, Chris.
4: Amid high interest rates and market volatility, consider BMO's top three ETFs yielding over 6%. The BMO Covered Call Utilities ETF, ticker ZWU, provides exposure to an equal weight portfolio of utilities, telecoms, and pipeline companies. The BMO Covered Call Canadian Banks ETF, ticker ZWB, invests solely in Canadian financials, presenting an attractive valuation opportunity. And the BMO Canadian High Dividend Covered Call ETF, ticker ZWC, features solid historical dividend growth. To learn more, visit BimoETFs.com and search for tickers ZWU, ZWB, and ZWC.
2: We'll pass it back to you now, Winnie. We previously mentioned about maintaining a core fixed income portfolio exposure via an aggregate bond ETF, like our BMO Aggregate Bond Index ETF, ticker ZAG, is prudent for most investors. Now, for taxable investors, can you walk us through some things to consider and if there are any products that might be more efficient for this investor base?
3: Yeah, absolutely. So again, conversations these days really still center around central bankers' next move. But regardless of all that noise on the macro level and what rate trajectory central banks are going to take, I think having that diversified core bond exposure is very essential to optimize your uh, fixed income portfolio returns. And traditionally, uh, as you mentioned, people turn to aggregate bond funds uh, to get that kind of exposure, much like our BMO aggregate um, bond index CTF. ZAG, I think that's great. I mean, 100% of ZAG's holdings are in investment-grade bonds, and it provides exposure to all segments of the yield curve, and is super well-diversified across sectors, which makes it like a great unit block for your portfolio. But all the same merit applies to our BMO discount bond ETF, ZDB, as well. But this ETF is more targeted to taxable investors as it tries to provide the same uh, risk characteristics and returns as ZAG, but in a more tax efficient manner. So what is a uh, discount bond and how do we achieve that? It's actually quite simple. A discount bond are bonds that are trading under par, so under uh, $100. Generally speaking, and it's bonds that have a coupon that are in line or lower than the yield to maturity. So, for a taxable investor, you get tax on the coupon that you earn. So, at a lower coupon or coupon that are more in line with the yield to maturity, this means that you're paying um, tax on what you're actually earning from the portfolio. And that's extremely attractive because, you know, for years when yields were suppressed and most funds were trading at a premium, that's above par, um, investors were tax higher rates than what they were actually making from the portfolio. So what we aim to do in SetDB is to provide diversified exposure to different segments of the market much like what we do in a set AG, but to do so in a more tax efficient way by minimizing coupon at the portfolio level. So all things being equal, if there are two bonds, let's say there are the Bell Canada bonds with the same maturity date, one with a coupon of 5% and one with a coupon of 2%, we will opt to buy that bond with a 2% coupon. So by minimizing coupon at the portfolio level, we're able to provide universe-like exposure, but in a more tax-efficient manner. Now, once again, as a reminder, coupons earned are tax as income. So minimizing coupon can help minimizing your tax payment, all things being equal. Our discount bond suite has garnered a lot of interest and attention from my investors over the last few years due to all these benefits I just mentioned. And but of course, there's no way for investors to avoid taxes completely. But it's important for investors to be tax aware and have decision make decisions accordingly. Our discount bond suite is a perfect tool for uh, taxable investors to maximize their after-tax return and yields. And after seeing all the success we had in ZDB we launched two more discount bond ETF in recent years to provide more segmented options for taxable investors. One of them is the BMO short-term discount bond ETF, ZSDB, provides um, investment-grade exposure to all sectors in the short end of the curve. As mentioned previously, I think overweighing in short end of the curve now should hold very well with the current environment. And the other one's the, um, the BMO Corporate Discount Bond ETF, set cdb uh, which is a sister product of the ZSDB, sdb uh, and offers, and this one offers the uh, exposure to investment-grade Canadian corporate bond with term to maturity of 1 to 10 years. So for taxable investors, when looking to reposition for a fixed income portfolio, tax should not be the first consideration. But it still should be a consideration, and we offer entire suites of products that should help you navigate the periods ahead.
2: Great, thanks, Winnie. And last but not least, Chris, we'll turn it to you, and maybe we can touch on some international investing this year. If we look at the MSCI fee, it has outperformed the uh, TSX and underperformed the S and P. So maybe, can you give us your thoughts on international investing at this time and maybe some different ways you can add it to a portfolio? It
0: narrowly underperformed the S&P, but, you know, would note that uh, that's really that impact of tech and growth driving the S&P forward. Um, but, you know, what we're seeing in international markets is some growth, but, you know, a little more breadth of performance across multiple sectors. One obvious ticker to get exposure to that would be our BMO, MSCI EFI, Hedge to CAD, Index ETF, or ZDM, hedging currency is something we think about a little bit uh, as generally being favorable in international markets, not the US, but international ones, um, as those currencies tend not to uh, diversify as much and they can be an added source of risk. The ZDM is up 13.5%, so really just behind the S&P 500. Uh, Europe is up 11% this year. Japan has staged a major comeback. Japan is up 25% this year, as measured by the MSCI Japan Index. So again, it speaks to that ability to benefit uh, as an investor by seeking diversification. Some of the reasons investors are, uh, I think, gravitating to international, again, is on the valuation side. Much more attractive valuations versus the US, where that growth carrying a much higher price earnings multiple associated with it. One of the things we think about is, you know, if there is a slowdown, we'd say, well, a value-oriented market may not do so well in a slowdown. I recently attended a quantitative conference where one of the observations was uh, uh, value-oriented exposures are actually uh, kind of trading at depressed levels already. So in a sense, some of the drawdown that might be associated with a recession uh, may already be priced in. Um, So I think that's very interesting. Um, If you look at the the PE ratio, forward looking on EFI equity, so Europe and Asia, it's around 13 times. Again, the S&P is more like 20. It's a pretty sizable disconnect. So I think that's a source of attraction. So again, ZDM is a ticker that can get broadly diversified exposure at a very reasonable, very low price point from a management fee perspective. Another exposure I consider here that has been participating quite well is our BMO High Dividend Cover Call European Equity ETF, uh, hedge to cad which is our ZWE. It's up about 9.6%. So just trailing uh, the MSCI Europe Index, uh, but very close, focusing again on those blue chip dividends that we spoke about earlier, uh, potentially being well positioned to navigate the upcoming challenges of the markets. If you look at the price to earnings on uh, dividend exposures, again, they tend to be even lower than the the index. So the forward price earnings on the ZWE portfolio is 11.9 times for next year. So it's very attractive from that perspective. Just to throw in a couple other characteristics, it's got a lower debt to equity ratio than the broad market by about 10% lower. It's got about a 10% higher return on common equity, ROE, versus the broad market. So there's some uh, you know, attractive fundamentals in that exposure, again, kind of dovetailing with what we spoke about on dividends earlier. So that's another way to get international exposure. But it's certainly something that uh, you know, Canadians should consider having some international exposure in uh, portfolios, as the famous quote, diversification is the only free lunch in investing. And uh, ETFs can be excellent tools to achieve diversification.
2: Great. Thanks, Chris that's all the questions that we have for this week. So I want to thank everyone for tuning in and joining our podcast each and every week. And a special thank you to both Winnie and Chris for providing some great insights. And with that, I wish everyone a great day and we'll see you next week. Thanks. Thank
1: you to Mackenzie box, Winnie Jang and Chris Heeks for joining us on the BMO ETFs podcast. Today we heard about the BMO Canadian Dividend ETF, ticker ZDV, which invests in large blue-chip companies, including the Canadian banks, telecoms, and railways. Our experts also discussed solutions for tax-efficient income. The BMO Short-Term Discount Bond ETF, ticker ZSDB, provides investment-grade exposure to all sectors on the short end of the curve. For more information about the other ETFs discussed in this podcast, check out the episode notes, contact your regional BMO ETF specialist, or visit the ETF Center at BMOETFs.com. Views from the Desk has been brought to you by BMO Global Asset Management.
4: The viewpoints expressed by the portfolio managers represent their assessment of the markets at the time of publication. Those views are subject to change without notice at any time without any kind of notice. The information contained herein is not and should not be construed as investment, tax, or legal advice to any party. Investments should be evaluated relative to the individual's investment objectives, and professional advice should be obtained with respect to any circumstance. Any statement that necessarily depends on future events may be a forward-looking statement. Forward-looking statements are not guarantees of performance. Commissions, management fees, and expenses, if any, all may be associated with investments in exchange-traded funds. Please read the ETF facts or prospectus before investing. Exchange-traded funds are not guaranteed. Their values change frequently and past performance may not be repeated. BMO Global Asset Management is a brand name under which BMO Asset Management, Inc. and BMO Investments, Inc. operate.